to discern and understand your word. Father, we depend entirely upon the Spirit of God to grant us revelation, insight, wisdom, and knowledge of your word and your plan and will for our lives. And so we thank you for these things, Father. We thank you that your Spirit will speak to us, Father, and give us revelation and knowledge of your word. We give you the praise and the honor for our Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians. Uh, we'll continue there today. We, we were in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 last week. And of course, uh, verses 6, 7, and 8 really are, are good scriptures to kind of pull out uh, whenever you're uh, dealing with things uh, in your life. And uh, we had talked about, uh, I think it's First Peter chapter 2, verse 11, that talked about how uh, these luster desires war against your soul. Uh, and that's really the soul, which is in the, in the context that they're talking about here, is really your mind and your thought life. And that is the primary battleground of the church. Uh, now, you know, on occasions, on, on a rare occasion, you will have to deal with uh, a, an actual spiritual attack. But, you know, if you look at even the ministry of Jesus, when he went through um, uh, the wilderness, right after being baptized in the River Jordan, you know, the devil appeared to him directly, spoke to him directly. That was the last recorded incident we have of that occurring. Now, did it ever happen after that? Maybe, I don't know. We don't have any record of it, though. Uh, and so, uh, but it shows you that, in, uh, that all the rest of the, the attacks that Jesus dealt with, the persecution, came through the hands and the, and the uh, uh, bodies and minds and mouths of people. Uh, and so <clears throat> the majority of, of the difficulty you'll have with in this life is with people, amen? Uh, will the devil ever appear to you? Uh, maybe, you know, I know the story, uh, it, it was uh, uh, with, Smith, with Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, and uh, he was traveling somewhere at night. He woke up, and, and he, he saw the devil. The devil appeared to him in his room. And he saw him, and he said, oh, it's just you. And he went back to sleep. He didn't rebuke him, didn't fight him, didn't wrestle with him all night long. He just said, oh, it's you, which is really the perfect answer because most people get terrified, you know, and they, and they you know, start speaking in tongues and start doing all this uh, things, you know, throwing holy water and hold the cross up, you know, and all these things you see on TV. <clears throat> and Smith just said, oh, it's just you. And the other story I like with, uh, it was with Lester Sumrall. Uh, he said he was, uh, I think, probably in the Philippines at that time. There's a lot of demonic activity there. And he woke up and, the, and he said that he didn't, I don't know that he saw the devil, but the devil was moving things around in his room, like his furniture and stuff. And, uh, and so uh, Lester rebuked him. He said, you leave here in the name of Jesus. He said, actually, you put that piece of furniture back to where it was and then you can leave. Uh, <clears throat> and so he did, you know. And so, um, you know, we have nothing to fear from, from the devil, amen. Uh, and so, uh, so these verses are good because the primary battleground that you, will, that you will go through in your life, and this is the true for all humanity, for all, well, for specifically for all Christians, but also for those outside the church, will be in your mind, what you think. The thoughts that you dwell on, you know, the, the thoughts that you, uh, that you think about, that you repeat over and over in your mind, that's where you'll spend the majority of your time trying to get that correct. And, and we know, according to, uh, uh, just real quick, uh, turn over to Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> Uh, because, you know, the, the Word of God has a lot to say in this area. We're not going to go into all of these things because uh, we could teach uh, probably on several months, and I have taught on several months on this topic here. Uh, but it says here in verse, uh, Romans chapter 12, let's start in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So that's a good thing to do right there, right? Your body 
uh, is supposed to, supposed to be treated as if it was dead, right? Which is a living, he calls it a living sacrifice. So you're not supposed to kill yourself. You're not supposed to harm yourself physically. You're supposed to uh, treat it as if it was dead, a living sacrifice, right? And so, in other words, it has no rule over your life. You don't allow your flesh, your body to rule your life. And so sometimes it's good to tell your body no, amen? And, you know, some people have never told their body no. It's like, they wouldn't know what to know, you know? Uh, and so it's like, you know, my kids growing up, they went to grandma's house. They never heard the word no. Well, that's fine at grandma's house, but it's not fine uh, to tr- treat your body that way, to allow your body to always have the rule in your life. And so you, you offer it as a living sacrifice. Lord, uh, this body, I'm going to treat it as dead uh, and it's available to you for your reasonable service. Right. Uh, he said he called it your reasonable service. So, he, you know, some people act like it's a big deal for the Lord to ask us to, to, to do this. Uh, and yet Paul said, you know, it's reasonable to do that. Uh, and the reason it's reasonable is because if you don't do that, your body will rule your life. Uh, and some, people, some people's bodies do that, right? Well, I have needs, you know, whatever it is. You know, sometimes they're uh, eating needs, sometimes they're sexual needs, sometimes they're, you know, just laziness to read. And we were talking about that earlier, right? Some of the, I don't, I don't feel like getting up, you know? <clears throat> and um, we had a lady at, at church, she was on the praise and worship team. Uh, and um, I, I don't know, uh, in all the years we were there, was she ever on time? Uh, you know, we started practice at, at uh, 8.30 every Sunday morning. Uh, not 8.31, not 8.29, we started at 8.30. And she waltz in, you know, 8.45, 8.50 sometimes, you know. Uh, and, and, then, <clears throat> and she's like, I, I have a hard time getting up. I'm thinking, well, well why, can't you just go to bed like 15 minutes earlier? What's the difference, right? If you go to bed 15 minutes earlier, wouldn't you be able to get up 15 minutes earlier as well? Uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't know, but uh, just, uh, <clears throat> and, and you know, of course, some people think that their talent overrides their faithfulness, right? That they're, because they have talent that they are not required to be faithful. Uh, and, and faithfulness is such the root of so many of the blessings of the Lord, so much of the church has no concept of that, right? They have no concept of just faithfulness of, you know, faithfulness is just being there, right? Faithful, wherever the Lord wants you to be, that's where you are, right? So if the Lord looks over, hey, I need, I need you. Oh, yeah, you're there. Thanks. I need you to go over there, right? When the Lord looks that way and he sees you, that's faithfulness, right? When the Lord looks there and you're not there, then he has to find somebody else, right? Uh, you know, remember he was looking for a man to pray in, in the book of Ezekiel, and he said he found none. Why? Because none were faithful at that point in time, you know, for that specific need that the Lord had, that he needed a man on the earth to do it. When he looked out where people were supposed to be, they weren't there because they were unfaithful. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and, and the thing about faithfulness is sometimes it's hard to, to teach about faithfulness because people get under so much condemnation because their flesh does not want to be faithful, right? Uh, you remember we said that uh, it's your reasonable service to offer your flesh as, as, a, as, a, as a living sacrifice. Uh, and so your flesh does not, now your spirit wants to be perfectly faithful, right? Your spirit man, of course, Jesus said the, the, the flesh is weak, but the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, and that's right, your spirit, because it's born again, always wants to do everything the Lord wants you to do. But your flesh is like, I'm tired, you know, you know this or that, or I'm busy, or I, you know, I, have, you know, I have other things. And, uh, and so your flesh will always try to keep you from being faithful because it knows that lack of faithfulness also means lack of blessings from the Lord. Uh, and so a lot of times people get under condemnation uh, because uh, the Lord teaches faithfulness in his word 
uh, which is what he's saying there, right, uh, right there about your body being a, a living sacrifice and it's re a reasonable service, right? It's reasonable for you to do this. Uh, and uh, you should never get under condemnation about the word. Amen. Uh, because a lot of times people will use condemnation uh, as a smokescreen. Well, you're condemning me. Uh, and so they ignore what was stated that you should be faithful and they only want to focus on, well, you're condemning me. Uh, well, I'm not condemning you. You know, the, the, the word of God does not condemn you. Amen. Even if you're wrong, the Lord, the Lord never condemns you. The, the, the enemy condemns you. Now, he will convict you and, and let you know that you're in error, but he won't condemn you. Condemning you is you're worthy and no count. You're worthless, no count. You know, you're a sorry individual. That's being condemned. Amen. <clears throat> and and uh, the Lord doesn't need to do that. We do that on, all, all, on our own, all by ourselves, without anybody else's help, oftentimes. Uh, and so faithfulness is not intended to be a condemnation. Uh, if it's taught right, you know, faithfulness is your path to blessings, right? Uh, because you're faithful to do what the Lord wants you to do, whether it's written in his word or spoken by his spirit. You're faithful to do what he asks you to do. You're there when he needs you to be there. Uh, in in uh, whatever it is, for however long it takes, amen? You know, look at people like David. Uh, you know, the Lord prophesied to David that he was the king. And Saul was still king for like another seven years, something like that. And there was another, about another seven years after that before he was finally king over all of Israel. So he, he had to be faithful for a long time. Now, he could have short-circuited that. He could have killed Saul and got to the throne faster. You know, he could have, but that wasn't the path, amen? Uh, and so Abraham had to be faithful for 25 years before he had Isaac. And that's a long time. You know, people think, well, I've been... You know, I talked to one person, they were struggling with their finances, and I said, well, do you tithe? No, I don't tithe. Well, I can't afford to. <clears throat> well, that's catch-22, right? Because the reason why you can't afford to is because you're not tithing. Uh, and so, <clears throat> I said, well, you know, uh, all the blessings of, uh, if you look at throughout the, with the Word of God, anytime the, the Bible talks about you, know, you increasing financially, it, it will predicate that with you giving, especially in the New Testament, right? And so the path to financial prosperity is faithful giving. Amen. And by faithful, not just doing it on a regular basis, but doing it by faith. Amen. So when you give, it's not just, uh, uh, you know, some people, it, 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 their, their dollar bill is tortured before they put it in the offering, right? And they just so, they're so sad to see it go. You know, it's, it's you know, he, Abe's got a little tear in his eye there, you know, because they tortured him going and going, uh, no, George Washington's on the dollar bill, right? Uh, who's ever on the dollar bill there? I think it's George Washington. But anyway, uh, and so, uh, it, it's uh, you're giving. In fact, we'll, we will get to that at the end of chapter four there of uh, Philippians. Uh, but uh, your your financial blessings come about uh, because you're faithful to give. Amen. Now, what that amount is, that's between you and the Lord, right? The, I mean, the, the starting point is a tithe, which is ten percent, uh, because it's, the Bible talks about uh, tithing and offerings, and so uh, <clears throat> and it should be an easy thing to tithe, right? It should be a super easy thing to tithe. Uh, and, and so, so this one person was talking to me about their finances and, and you know, if you ask me, I, I, all I've got is the word, amen. There's no magic potion. There's no, I can I, I can't lay, lay hands on you and speak a blessing over you if you're not willing to do the word, amen. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. It's not magic, amen. Uh, and so uh, if you tell me you're not doing what the word says, then, uh, then I'll say, well, then do what the Word says. They seem like that's a pretty good answer, right? Now, if you're doing what the Word says and not working, then I'd have to, let's talk some more about, do you really believe with the Word? You know, what do you know about the Word? What are you confessing every day? Let me hear what you're saying. Because a lot of times people's confession negates what they also believe of the Word, amen? Well, it doesn't work for me. Well, you just 
you just negated what the word says, amen? Uh, but this person just, they weren't, they never tithed, they never really gave offerings on a regular basis uh, and were struggling financially. And so I told them, you know, well, you should give, right? Well, a week later they came and said, well, it, it ain't working. So you've been giving faithfully for a whole week, right? And it's not been working. Well, what have you not done for the last 20 years, last 30 years? You've not, so, you know, I mean, give it a shot. You gave it a shot of not doing it for 30 years and it hasn't helped you. Why don't you give it a shot for the next 30 years and come back and tell me, you know, how, how it's been going. Uh, and so, so, you know, faithfulness should not be uh, used as, as a, as, as a uh, two by four to beat people upside the head because you can't, you know, you really can't and you shouldn't uh, beat people into faithfulness. Uh, you know, that doesn't make any sense, but, still, you know, some churches do, right? If you're not, if you're not here, God's going to, you know, uh, strike you dead. Uh, well, you know, uh, coming out of coercion is not faithful anyway, right? Your presence is not, faithfulness is measured in the realm of the Spirit, amen? You know, a lot of people are loyal, but they're not faithful. Uh, and um, there was a fellow that was uh, at our church uh, for many years, and he and his whole family came to church there. Uh, and um, uh, he, he had been uh, struggling, they've been struggling financially. Now, in this case, uh, you know, uh, the, the pastor, you know, I wasn't a pastor, but the pastor said, you go talk to him. All right, I'll go talk to him. And so I, I got to talking to him, and, and, um, and the Lord showed me supernaturally what the problem was. And the problem was, uh, uh, every time uh, he got mad, he'd go buy a new tool. And every time she got mad, she'd go buy a new dress. So they were always mad. They were always mad. So they were buying things, and they couldn't afford things. You know, they had, you know, uh, like multiple. Uh, this is back when they were really crazy expensive, but multiple uh, power drills. You know, all kinds of things. And look, I don't care what you buy. None of my business what you buy. But if you can't afford to buy what you're buying, you shouldn't buy what you're buying. I mean, I know that sounds, you know, like wow, really? Yeah, that's pretty simple common sense, right? And so he he already had a power drill, but he'd go buy another one or two of them. Uh, but, you know, he was at the church all the time. If there was church, the things that needed to be done, he was at the church. But he, wasn't, but he wasn't faithful to the Lord. He was loyal to the church, but he wasn't faithful to the Lord. Because I said, well, you know, uh, this was, of course, a back when, when it wasn't as pervasive as it is today. Everybody didn't have cell phones. And in fact, my, I bought my first cell phone in 1997 because I was driving back and forth uh, 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 an hour each day for work. And, um, and Chris didn't even have a cell phone at home, you know, because she was at home uh, at that time. Uh, I, I don't know if she was working part-time maybe, um, but um, she didn't have a cell phone until I think Jared was born, right? I think so. Uh, and not because we couldn't afford it, but just, you know, you, uh, but nowadays, like, I can't exist without my cell phone. You know, you could probably actually exist without your cell phone, amen? Uh, you know, every now and then I'll leave it here at church on a Wednesday night when I'm going home. Like, ah, I'll get it tomorrow, you know, no big deal. Uh, and so if you call on Wednesday night at night and I'm not answering, I may have just left the phone here, right? And so not personal, not, I'm not, well, he's not even answering his phone. Well, you know, it's not, and of course it could be personal. I may just, well, I'm not answering that phone. Uh, but anyway, so, but he had a cell phone, but he can't pay his bills. So I said, so why do you have a cell phone? You know, you're, you're uh, you can't pay your bills. And I said, you know, and back then, remember, it was a dollar a minute, right? You buy a $60 plan, you got 60 minutes to talk on a month. Uh, and, uh, and every text message cost a nickel, right? I remember uh, when we got one of our cell phone bills, when our kids got uh, uh, cell phones early on, when they were teenagers, we got a $450 cell phone bill. 
Uh, and that, they, they used to, you know, they don't do it anymore, but they used to print out all the mess, text messages that you sent. Well, there's thousands of text messages, right? And hundreds to uh, someone on a different plan, right? A different uh, network. And so back then, if you sent it to the same company, you know, you'd have to pay extra, but if you send it to somebody at a different cell phone company, you know, they charge you like a nickel or something. Well, if you do 10,000 messages a month, that adds up, right? And I said, okay, you're not allowed to date anybody that's, that's not on our plan, right? Uh, and so... So I just asked him the question, you know, you're, you're, you can't pay your bills, why do you have a cell phone? And that's a valid question, right? Uh, and then he says, well, I have to have it. And of course, uh, you know, you've been around here long enough, what do I hear if you tell me you have to have something? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it ain't true, right? You don't have to have a cell phone. Now, you may want one really badly. He said, he said I, might, I might see an accident and I have to call it in. I mean, so you're going to be the only one in the entire universe that has a phone when there's an accident. Nobody else can make that same phone call. Only you can make that phone, phone call. But see, what he was doing, he was justifying his lack of faithfulness to the word, right? Lack of faithfulness to, to, to his family, right? Because he's supposed to guard the finances of his family. Uh, and, he, he, and he was selfish. He, he, well, I want what I want. Well, that's fine, but, you know, you have other people. You know, when you're, when you're single, you can eat a peanut butter sandwich every day and nobody cares, right? But when you get married, you know, the, uh, I've noticed my wife doesn't want to eat like a peanut butter sandwich every day. Now, I could eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like every day. I mean, it, for months, I could probably eat a peanut butter and not even care, right? Uh, you know, twice in a month, Chris is like, oh, again, and we already had it. But, you know, that, and that's fine, right? And there's no problem with that. Uh, but, you know, when you get married, things are different. And so... You have more responsibility. You can't just, well, I'm just not going to eat. You know, when you're, when you're single, you know, I'm too busy to eat. You know, I'm not going to eat. You I mean, you really can't do that uh, when you're married, and you shouldn't do that when you're married. And so, so anyway, uh, as well, you know, not really mu- there's not really much I can do because I, I said, well, the Word of God says, with food and raiment, therewith be, therewith be content. Uh, and so uh, is it nice to have a cell phone? I mean, it, does the Lord care? He could care less if you have a cell phone. But if you can't pay your bills, wisdom would tell you, bail on things that you don't need. Amen? Bail on things that you don't have to have. Uh, and, and another person I talked to, we'll get back to that fellow in a minute, but another person I talked to, so you, I can't pay my bills. Okay, well, well, what are you spending your money on? Well, I got cable TV. I said, why do you got cable TV? You can't pay your bills. He said, well, I have to have the Food Network. I love the Food Network. I, I love watching the food shows. Like, that's great. You can't pay your bills. So why do you have, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, <clears throat> uh, th- these things are great. They're, they're fine, right? There's nothing, no sin involved in watching the Food Network unless, you know, I, get, I, I suppose you could get into sin and watch the Food Network. I don't know, but, um, but it's not. It, the Lord, does the Lord care? He doesn't care. You know, it's, it's fine, but he can't pay his bills. So wisdom would dictate, well, then get rid of things you don't have to have. You kind of have to have food, kind of have to have shelter, right? I mean, you, you know, uh, it's good to have other things, but um, some things you don't have to have, amen? It's nice to have, but you don't have to have. And if you say you have to have it, then you're saying the word of God does not apply to me. Because with food and raiment there with be content, everything else then is just a nice to have, amen? Uh, now that's what the word says, and so I'm, I'm going to live that way. So uh, then fast forward several years, um, actually my pastor had passed away by then, same family comes back, and, um, you know, we're, we're in, in desperate need. We need help. Now, this is several years from when I told them, I said, well, the Word of God says this, and if you live by that, that food, with food and raiment there would be content, 
you know, so you don't have to have six power drills, right? I could care less how many power drills you've got, right? It doesn't matter. But if you can't pay your bills, you probably ought not go buy a $200 power drill. Uh, and so, so now, of course, uh, people love committees, right? So instead of just me helping them, we wanted to have a committee. So they had, they had five or six people in there, you know, and I'm in there, they asked me to come help, you know. And so they're talking, and, and, but they're bragging on him the whole time. Oh, you guys are so faithful to the church. You're so, you're so awesome. You're here all the time. And, and I'm just steaming. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm not, because I'm, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just, you know, they're all just bragging on these people about how wonderful they are, you know. And look, they, they were fine people as far as just, you know, they were there all the time and everything. Uh, and, uh, and then they look for me. Now, I'm not saying anything. You know, I don't have a scowl on my face. I'm not over there just my hands folded looking like, you know, just sourpuss. I'm just really neutral about it, you know. And they, well, Chip, what do you think? Uh, and, well, you know, don't ask me what I think if you don't want to know what I think. I said, I said, you all keep telling them they're faithful. I said, they're not faithful at all. I said, five years ago, I gave one verse. I said, that verse would have got them out of this thing. I said, uh, they're so childish because they said, well, you know, we can turn off our... We can turn off our life, our life insurance, you know, uh, but we can't turn off our, uh, our L.A. weight loss. I said, uh, I said, you're just trying to manipulate us by pressuring us to, oh, well, they need life insurance, so we can't, the church is going to give them money so they, you know, uh, so they keep their uh, life insurance. I said, why don't you just stay fat until you get your bills paid because who cares about the L.A. weight loss? You don't have to have that. And I did say that, you know, why don't you just stay fat? Uh, I wasn't trying to be cruel, but, you know, that's why you go to L.A. Weight Loss, right? If you want to lose weight, I mean, that's the whole, the name of the thing, right? L.A. Weight Loss. And so, uh, and so I said, you know, everybody's bragging. I said, you're not faithful at all. And then, of course, someone, someone stepped in. What do you mean they're not faithful? I said, they're not faithful to the word. I said, we sat right here. And I said, they've been childish. It's still the same deal that he gets mad at her. He buys stuff. She gets mad at him. buys stuff. I said, I said, you're wanting us to take money. I said, and I pointed to the sanctuary over there. I said, there's a widow over there. She brings, she has no money. She brings in vegetables every month for her tithe because that's what she, she makes. She, she grows food herself. She brings this to the church and she gives it to the people in the church as her tithe. I said, Are you, do you have a garden? Are you planting your own food? That'd save you a lot of money right there. I said, you're not even doing as, being as faithful as she is over her finances, but you want the church to give you the money. Uh, and, and, and I was a little, I mean, I was a little perturbed. Because everything they were doing was trying to manipulate the church. Well, we're going to have to turn off our, our life insurance. And, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, we're really struggling in these things. And uh, I said, uh, have you got a second job? I mean, you work as a teacher. You know, you're, do you have a second job? You could get a second job as a teacher. You know, you get off early in the afternoons. Uh, uh, no. Uh, well, 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 you know, what are you doing? Um, and so, you know, the whole thing is they were loyal to the church because they were there all the time. The doors were open. But they were so unfaithful to the Lord. Uh, and, and so, and, the, and that was, you know, it was fairly rare that I was that, that I was that kind of uh, put out with somebody, but the whole thing was manipulation. And I don't like you trying to manipulate me with your, with your emotions, not going to work, right? You start crying to get your way. I'll just wait till the tears to dry up, you know, because uh, the Lord is not manipulated. You know, the Lord will pass over a thousand people begging for things to look for one person who'll walk by faith. Uh, and, and so he's not going to be manipulated. And so, uh, so uh, Paul said to, to offer your body as a living sacrifice. See, he was unwilling to do that, right? He was unwilling to, to offer up his carnality, his flesh as a living sacrifice. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. She would want to do what she wanted to do. And again, that's none of my business, right? I mean, uh, even in this church, none of my business what you do. 
unless you need to make it my business, right? If you come to me and, and pastor, you know, I'm, I'm destitute. Well, okay, where are you spending your money, right? Uh, and that's, a, you know, it's fair for me to ask that question, right? I had a fellow get mad at me one time because, uh, you know, he was wanting some financial assistance. I said, well, why don't you come to church for a while before we're able to help you? He said, you pastors, you need to quit asking people if they go to church or not. You just need to help people. Like, uh, I'm, I'm a pastor. Literally, my job is to shepherd people in the church. Uh, my, that's literally in my name, right? I'm, I'm not a shepherd to the people who are not part of my flock. Literally, I'm a shepherd to the people in this church. Amen? Uh, and, and, but see, he just wanted to be carnal. He wanted to do what he wanted to do and get a check free from the church. Well, you know, the government will do that all day long. The government's always in competition with the church to try to do away with the need of the church. Uh, and, and really, that's where a, a lot of the problem in our society is where it used to be people needed help, they would go to the church and find help by attending the church, being faithful to a local church. Now they can sit at home on the couch and, and a check shows up and magically from the government in their, in their mailbox. And so they're not motivated as much to, to seek out help from, from the spiritual side of things. Uh, and it's been a disservice to them to do that, right? Not everybody's like that, of course, but there's plenty of people who, you know, there, there are some people that uh, if they won, uh, you know, the lottery, they'd still go to work the next day. Some people get, win the lottery, and that's the last, work, the last day of work they do in their life, right? Even as at home, they just don't ever do anything. They sit on the couch the rest of the day. Uh, and so, you know, it depends on the individual that we can't make sweeping laws about these things. But Paul did say that it's reasonable to offer your body a living sacrifice. And he said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, and so, uh, so we know that uh, humanity is made up of spirit, soul, and body, right? Uh, and your spirit, uh, when you receive the Lord Jesus, is born again, sealed by the Holy Ghost, made in the image and likeness of God, and has no errors in it. It will not be any more perfect than it is the day you get born again. It will grow in knowledge, it'll grow in revelation, it'll grow in, uh, in yielding to the Lord, but as far as there's no errors in it, and there will never be any errors in it because it's sealed by the Holy Ghost uh, and it's made in the image and likeness of God. <clears throat> and, and that's for, for eternity. Once you accept the Lord Jesus, you know you're on your way to heaven uh, in your spirit. So your spirit man is good. You should feed it a regular diet of the Word of God in prayer, uh, but otherwise it's good, amen? Uh, and it needs to, it, you need to allow it to be the, the one who rules your life, right? Your spirit man should rule your life. Uh, and so if you need to know what to do, you listen to your spirit man instead of listening to your mind. Your body uh, is uh, the container of the sin nature, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's going to have the sin nature in it. It had the sin nature in it when you were born in the earth. It'll have the sin nature in it the day you die. And the best you can do with your physical body is to, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I keep under my body. Uh, keep it under what? Keep it under the authority and, and the subjection of his spirit man. So your body is pretty much, uh, once you're born in the earth, it's unchanged, you know, other than the normal, you know, growing older. But, it, but as far as having the sin nature in it, it will remain exactly that way all the days of your life. Your spirit man, once it gets born again, will remain that way all the days of your life. Uh, but your soul, your mind, needs to be renewed every day. And so there, there's no ending of the renewing of your mind, and so that's something that you will do the rest of this natural life. Amen? Now, once you get out of this natural earth and you go to heaven, will your mind be fully renewed? I suspect that it will be, but I don't know. Uh, um, uh, just from what we know of heaven, it seems like that's not an unreasonable thing to expect. But between now and then, you need to have your mind renewed. So that what you, the way you renew your mind is... You compare what you think to what the Word of God thinks uh, or what the Word of God says. 
And if what you think is not the same as what the Word of God says, then you change, you renew your mind to look like the Word. Uh, and, and if you can do that uh, in a consistent manner, you will wake up one day and go, wow, my life is so much better. I'm so happy. I'm so much happier. I'm so much more at peace. Uh, because your mind, remember, that's this battleground, right? The war against your soul. Uh, and so if you get your mind renewed, Paul said if you get your mind renewed, he said you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not by the, not by the uh, spirit man being born again, not by having the flesh put under, but having your mind renewed. Because your spirit man, again, it's perfectly happy. Or it's perfectly good, right? Your flesh can't do anything about it anyway. Just tell it to shut up and, and do what, what it's told. Uh, and, and so those two things there, in the middle is your mind and what it thinks. And Paul said you can be transformed. And that word transformed there, you remember there in, in, uh, in Mark, uh, in Matthew, uh, was it Matthew 17, where, when he went to uh, the Mount of Transfiguration and said that Jesus was transfigured before their eyes. And it said his, his, his uh, clothes shone like, like uh, the noonday sun. Uh, and uh, that word where he was transfigured and full of glory is the exact same word here. Same exact word. So uh, if you want the glory of God in your life, then change what you think. Not change even what you believe. It's just change what you think, right? I know they're, I know they're connected to some degree, uh, but, but a lot of times what people think uh, is, is just so far from the word of God because they won't take what they, what they think and, and compare it to what the word of God says and change if there's a difference. A lot of times they will, well, I think this, what are God saying? Well, I'm not changing. And they, they plant an a, a, um, uh, uh, anchor right there in their life, and they will never move beyond that point. Uh, and, and it depends on how big that thought is, right? And maybe all-consuming, if it is, then, then spiritually they'll move beyond that point either. They will remain at that, uh, that, that state of their life, maybe all the rest of their life, amen? It's unfortunate, but... Uh, you know, it should be a normal thing that you change what you think because as you get more revelation, your mind should go, oh yeah, man, I've thought that for years, Lord. That ain't even so at all. Uh, and so I'm going to change. That should be a normal, healthy part of your life as you grow in the Lord of, of comparing what you think uh, to what the Word of God says and then changing. But a lot of times people just, you know, uh, you, know you, you think about even like in our, in, our, in our country, you know, historically we've had a lot of issue with with uh, bigotry and uh, especially uh, against, uh, primarily against what color of skin you are, but also, you know, what nationality you are and other things. Uh, and and that, that got into the church. I mean, there's plenty of churches who were just as racist as, as you know, all the, the terrible people out there. And you just say racist things, right? I've had people come into my office and say, well, you know, uh, this is not a racist statement, but, and then everything else, if they said that was a racist statement. <laughs> and, well, why? Well, you know, how is it that a church can be racist? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. <clears throat> um, you know, if, if you think about, uh, if you think about like paint, right? You think all the colors of paint. If you take all the colors of paint and put it in a bucket, what color are you going to get? You're going to get black, right? I mean, if you put all the colors of paint, you're going to get black. Eventually, you're going to get black, right? Okay, well then, you know, then, then, then God must have made man uh, black to begin with. But if you take all the colors of light, uh, and mix them together. What color do you get? You get white. I don't know if you know that, you know. Uh, but, to, you know, you, you, like when you see a rainbow, you see red and orange and yellow and purple, all those things. Well, all those are, came from one set of white light that was split by the prism of the, of the raindrops, 
and you see the rainbow. And so when you put all those colors back together, you get white light. So when you put all the paint together, you get black paint. Uh, and so why is that way? Because God loves a variety. You know, people just say racist things like, well, you know, Adam and Eve were white. And then other people say, well, Adam and Eve was black. You, you know why there's white people and black people? Because God loves a variety of things. That's why there's white people and black people. It's not because, well, that one was cursed. Well, how do you know it wasn't the other way around that, that Adam and Eve was black and Cain was cursed to be black or white, you know? I mean, uh, and we don't know that to be a fact anyway, right? That's not, the, 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 the uh, skin color was not the result of the mark that the Lord put on them. Uh, and yet racist people come up with those things. Uh, and so why are there white people and black people? Because God loves uh, different things. I mean, how many different colored trees are there? How many different colors? Uh, how many kind of dogs and cats are there? How many, uh, everything, right? I mean, just look at, at uh, all the white people. I mean, we're, we look totally different, right? Look at all the black people. They look totally different, amen? Uh, and so, why? Because the Lord, he, he just loves different things. And so uh, those things, you know, racism got into the church, right? You, you ask people, just, what do you think about, uh, you ask a lot of white people, especially older white people, what do you think about black people? I had one person say, uh, in the church, well, you know, uh, uh, interracial marriage is wrong because they're just trying to water down the white race. <laughs> it's like, you know how racist that is? Uh, uh, is there anything, uh, there's, there's only uh, 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 two qualifications for marriage in the word of God. You know what they are? What's the first one? Male and female is the first one, right? The second one, they got to be a Christian, right? I mean, that's the Word of God, right? In the New Testament, the only two requirements for marriage is, are, are they the opposite sex and are they a Christian, right? Now, wisdom would tell you, you know, you should actually have some common, uh, uh, enjoy things that you enjoy, right? That there's some commonality there. But, you know, the, those two, two things there are showstoppers, right? Well, they don't like bowling, but I do. Well, is that a showstopper? I mean, I don't know. I mean, how much do you love? I really love bowling. Well, maybe that's an issue. I don't know. But, uh, but you know, if they're not a Christian, you move on. Amen? You just, well, the, I, I love them. Well, you wouldn't have loved them if you didn't get to know them. You, you know, hey, you know, my name is Chip. You know, are you a Christian? No. Well, have a good life. You know, I'll see you in heaven, right? Or hopefully I'll see you in heaven later on. But uh, if they say no, then, then you move on. You don't ever get to that point where, well, I've I got to marry them. Well, you know, it's just, uh, anyway, it's... Uh, uh, we're, we're pretty far down the line here, aren't we, right? And so, but, but it's a renewing of your mind, right? And so uh, think, things that, that are long-held societal ideas oftentimes are in conflict with the Word of God. And you have to be willing to change that, amen? You've got to be willing to change those things, you know? Uh, I mean, even, even a lot of religious things in the church, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's a sanctuary, so, you know, you can't do certain things in a sanctuary, like, we eat our lunch right over there, right? Well, you can't do that in a sanctuary. Well, why not? We don't have anywhere else to do it. You want us to do it outside? or, you know? But some people, they, they elevate things like that, that the, the Word of God never elevated. Uh, yeah, I understand honoring the Lord, you know, but that's a separate thing, amen? Uh, and so, so, um, uh, so that's the, he said, if you want to be transformed into the glory of God, work on what you think. Yeah, and that's what, that's what Philippians 4, 8 says, right? Think on these things. So that should tell you, first of all, that you have the right and the privilege and the ability to think exactly and only what you want to think. Some people say, I can't quit thinking about it. Yes, you can. If you say that you can't quit thinking about it, then you don't want to quit thinking about it uh, because uh, you're, you're confessing your future right there. Uh, amen? And so you should never confess your future in a negative way. I can't quit thinking about it. So you're saying that from now, this point forward, that that can't change. 
you know, you could have said, well, up to yesterday, I couldn't quit, I could not quit thinking about it, but now I know I can, so I will. You know, nothing wrong with, with telling us what you did yesterday, but you should never confess your future uh, that's in direct conflict with what the Word of God teaches, because you're saying the Word of God doesn't apply, the Word of God is not sufficient, the Word of God is not correct, the Word of God is not true, uh, but th- that's, none of those things are, are, are valid statements, but many times our confession uh, says that that's what we believe, that the Word of God is not sufficient. Uh, and so, so I, I think verse 2 of, of Romans chapter 12 is an amazing verse because uh, it's a root of so many people's problems is what they think. Not what they do even, not even what, where they go. Uh, it's a lot of times just what they think, you know, and, and they're driven so much by what they think. Uh, and, um, you know, a lot of times people will second guess everything, second guess the word, second guess the Lord, second guess the pastor, uh, and, and, and they'll just say things, you know, or think things about, you know, well, I don't have to do this, I don't have to do that. Uh, and they never take that and line it up with the word of God. And so let's turn over to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll look at just a verse or two there, and then we'll, we're going to get back to Philippians chapter 4. Uh, and so Second Corinthians chapter 10 is, uh, got some great verses here. Because he says in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That right there is news to some people, right? Uh, they're called brawlers, right? People fight about everything, right? They war after the flesh about everything. And they're always in conflict physically uh, in, in their life with people around them and sometimes in the church. You know, it's just some people that just, uh, they war after the flesh. Everything is a conflict. And... I see this in families a lot, you know, where there's conflict in the family. And I've, I'm, I'm from a big family, and I see that get stirred up a lot, you know, people stirring up things all the time, you know. And, and I'm like, I ain't touching that with a 10-foot pole, you know. I, I read all the texts like, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't jumping in that, you know. It's like jumping into a hornet's nest. Why would I do that? <clears throat> and so we do not war after the flesh. So if, you're, if your uh, conflicts are always fleshly, you might want to check up on, on how spiritual you are. Amen? Because, see, you're not required to jump in. Amen? I mean, I see all those text messages. I ain't jumping on that, right? Uh, if someone calls me, every time they call me, they, they chew me out. And they, I'm not answering the phone. You know, that happened years ago. Somebody in my family called me up, and, and um, <clears throat> you know, there was a, some, some get-together. I said, yeah, yeah we're not going to go. Uh, and uh, you guys have a great time. And so... Um, Actually, I'd sent, sent them an email because they'd sent me an email about the deal. Uh, and so as soon as I hit send, the phone rang. Not, not exactly immediately, but, you know. And I knew it was them going to call me up, you know. Uh, and like, I don't, I'm not, I, don't, I don't want that in my life, you know. You can just not answer. You know, that's just God invented the not answer button, right? And so you can just not answer, right? Well, I have to, they're calling. I got, no, you have to answer, especially if you know it's drama. You know, I'm not required to get involved in your drama. Amen. And so after about three days, the Lord said, you answer. I'm like, okay. And I don't want to answer, but, you know. Uh, and then they, sure enough, they start, you're a terrible person. You're a sorry excuse for, you know, a, a brother. You're, you're terrible, you know, they're terrible this, terrible that, you know. And I said, I said, you know, if, if, you could, if you could put this in writing, it would help because I've lost track of how many bad things I've done, you know, which, of course, made them even matter. Uh, and I said, look, I'm not mad. Only one of us on this conversation is mad. And I wasn't mad about it, you know, because um, I'm not brawling. Amen. My, 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 uh, 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 I walk in, I, 
though I walk in the flesh, I do not war after the flesh. You want to bring warfare into my life? Mostly I'm just going to look at you and laugh. And, of course, that makes people even madder, right? It's just something about it. You know, people just start, I just, the, the joy of the Lord just rises up in my heart. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm sorry. Why are you laughing? Because, you, you know, I, I, what I want to say is because you, you're, you're pitiful, but, you know, you, can, you can't always say that because it just it stirs up things even more. Uh, so we do not war after the flesh. I'm not going to get involved in your warfare. Amen? <clears throat> now, look, sometimes things do occur in the flesh, and you have to get involved in those things. But that, uh, I don't look to the flesh as my answer. That's not, I, I don't see that my flesh is the path to victory. My spirit man and how it directs my, uh, my physical body is how I will find victory. Amen? And if I have to stand up in a situation physically because my spirit man says to stand up, then that's fine, right? But, that, but my warfare is not, uh, you know, the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. Amen? Uh, and that's what he says right there in verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know, it's interesting because my pastor, for years, before he was saved, he was a black belt in karate and a state level, right? Won state championships. So he, he was, uh, you know, at, at a high level uh, ranking in, in that community there. Uh, and, of course, he got saved after that, but he never did give that up. He always liked the thoughts that I can kill you three ways without you even knowing it. Uh, and, and so... He did struggle sometimes where he would kind of use that physical uh, uh, authority to kind of uh, take charge in situations. Instead of using a spirit man to do that, not all the time, but sometimes he would use his physical abilities to, uh, to harm people. You know, and he never did, but he, he would still uh, imply or use that, kind of lean towards that a little bit more than he, he should have just given that up, right? Because it's kind of youthful lusts. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I was... Uh, uh, growing up, you know, I was in fights all the time, uh, you know, uh, getting in fights at home, getting in fights at school, uh, fought, you know, my first day of first grade, I was in a fight, uh, and the last fight I was in was, I think it was like ninth grade, uh, uh, but, you know, in that case, it was self-defense, uh, and so, but I've never used that, you know, even though, I, you know, I could hold my own in a fight, it's been a long time ago, right, so could I do it now, you know, I don't know. But, you know, me and Jerry were talking about this the other day. It's something about men. You know, you walk into a restaurant and you start going, yeah, I could take that guy right there, right? <laughs> There's something about men. Chris, you ever think about that? No, she never thinks that. Really? You don't think about that? You don't size up the people in the restaurant? You know, yeah, if they attacked, I think I could take them, you know? Uh, and, and so I think it's just a natural nurture of men to do that, right? Do you ever do that, Brother Tony? Yeah, see, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> There's something about it, right? It's not, it's not carnality so much, but it's just, you know, just the, the protective nature of men that God designed us to be that way, right? And so, <clears throat> but still, I think, well, the Lord will help me, but I still think I could take him, right? And so, uh, now, is that true? I don't know, you know, I don't care. I don't have to deal with it because the Lord will, t- will provide, amen? Uh, and so, but the weapons of warfare are not carnal. Uh, and so if all you're fighting is in the natural realm, Right, because carnal means natural. It doesn't mean sinful in this case. It means natural, right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not natural. If I think the only way I can win is in the natural realm, then I've already lost the battle because I'm not leaning to the Lord, right? I'm leaning to my own physical ability. <clears throat> and so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God till the pulling down of strongholds. So why are we talking about this? Well, because he said pulling down of strongholds. So when we see that a lot of times people stop right there and they immediately go to uh, spirits in the heavenly places and start, you know, casting down devils and, you know, principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, uh, and start, you know, having spiritual warfare like that. 
I rebuke every spiritual demon. I, re I rebuke every, every principality, power, my dominion is coming against me in the name of Jesus. And yet, the, if you continue reading, he tells you what the deal is here. He says, uh, four, uh, in verse 5, casting down what? What's that word? Imaginations. imaginations. What realm do imaginations reside in? In your thought realm, right? In your soul, in your thought, thought life, right? That's where imaginations live. The, he, he, didn't, he didn't say casting down principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. He's casting down imaginations, things in your thought life. Uh, and every high thing that exalts itself against the what? Knowledge. knowledge of God. Where does knowledge reside? In your thought life, right? Uh, and bringing into captivity every what? Thought through the obedience of Christ. So the pulling down of strongholds uh, is getting your thought life in order. Is that what it says? I didn't write it. Is that what it says? Three different times he makes a point that, that the strongholds are in your mind. They are not in the spirit realm. Now, they may be motivated by the spirit realm because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of thoughts come from the realm of the enemy, right? Oh, you're no count. You're unworthy. God could never love somebody like you. Well, is the Lord telling you those things? No. Are you just dreaming of those things? Well, oftentimes not. A lot of times the devil's doing it because remember he said they war against your soul, right? There's a war against your, what you think. And so a lot of times the enemy is trying to war against your soul. God could never love somebody like you. Look at all the mistakes you've made. Uh, uh, it, that's a good one right there, right? It, it, you know. Now, see, uh, he says that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God. In other words, they're spiritual. So what should happen when, when the devil tells you nobody could love somebody like you? Immediately the word of God should rise up. God loves me. Right? You're unworthy. God made me worthy. Nobody, you know, you're, you're, you don't count. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. You know, I can't tell you how often it happens in my life. Somebody will say something. Somebody will say something to me or against me. Immediately the word of God just rises up. I'm, I'm, I'm the beloved of God. You don't like me? I'm the beloved of God. Yeah but, they don't, yeah, but I don't like you. Yeah, but I'm the beloved of God. So if I'm the beloved of God, who cares if you don't like me? You know, that, see, that's, that's the weapons of my warfare. When you come against me, when you say something against me, immediately the word of God will rise up and, and discount that thought. Now, you've got to allow that to happen. You've got to allow when that, when that word of God rises up in your heart, you go, yeah, and I discount that thought that just came against me. I discount it's of no value. It's zero. It's worthless. Uh, and, and I just get this bubbly feeling of that God loves me. Amen? Uh, and, and, you know, there was a time when people were, coming against me uh, in the church and saying all, all manner of evil against me, just lying, you know, lying about things that I did, accuse me of things I didn't even do. Uh, one time they said I would sneak up in the middle of the week and sabotage the soundboard so that it could come on Sunday and be the hero that I fixed it. Now, that's really, that's really a detailed, vain imagination, right? I mean, somebody's thinking, you know, I, I know what he's doing. He's sneaking up here during the week even though I know we're here all during the week, right? But sometime, like when we're, we, he's got a key to the church, we'll just take away the key of the church, you know, but they didn't do that. Uh, or, or just put a camera or something, you know. No, they didn't, do, they, didn't want, they didn't want to prove that their vain imaginations were wrong. They just want to have the vain imaginations. Some people, they, they want no, they never want you to, to, well, do you have proof of that? Oh, don't, don't, you know, don't discount my vain imagination, you know. It's my vain imagination. <clears throat> and so they had to think of this whole scenario, that I was doing this. And I'm thinking, if you knew how much I feared the Lord, that, that thought of doing that is so foreign to my thinking that, 
you know, who, who does it? Say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sneak up to the church when nobody's there. I'm going to turn all the knobs so they're all messed up. When we turn on everything, everything explodes. And then I'm going to go, I can fix it. I'm the man to fix it. Let me fix it right now. Who does that, right? Who, who would do such a thing? Isn't that the craziest thing you've ever thought? But they accused me of that. And, and so, uh, so I, I was thinking, I, I was talking to the Lord about that. Because uh, normally I didn't care, right? But that one, it was just really odd. And, and I said, Lord, I said, why would they accuse me of such a very, isn't it an odd thing to accuse somebody of, right? Just a really odd thing to accuse somebody of. Uh, I mean, I've never thought that about Jared. Jared, do you ever sneak up here during the week and mess up the soundboard so that... Because if it's messed up, I say, fix it, Jared. I, don't, I mean, you know, this is, but uh, why well, is that a thing, right? But anyway, so, but Lord, you know, why would they accuse me of that, of that particular thing? That's such an odd thing, Lord. Why would they accuse me of that? And you know what he said? It, it really helped me in my life. He said, people who would do such a thing will accuse others of doing that thing. See, I would never do such a thing. The, even the thought to do that would never enter my thought life because it's like, that'd be so against the Lord. Because, you know, the Lord would see me do that. It's not like, they're like, what? You did that? I can't believe you did that. I mean, you know, I live with the knowledge of the fear of the Lord every day, right? I mean, I'm not perfect in it, but, you know, a lot of things, you know, I just can't imagine doing something like that, uh, that only the Lord would know, and, 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 and then thinking, I got away with it. Uh, it, it could, maybe nobody, nobody physically found out about it. But see, so that was the thing, right? They, they had that abandoned imagination. And then they publicly accused me of it. That's what you're doing. And immediately, you know, the, Lord, the word rises up, you know, I love you. And, and so all the time, the Lord just, one day, he just, just gave me such a revelation of how much he loves me. Man, everything goes to zero after that. All those vain imagination, all those accusations. When, when you realize how much the Lord loves you, I mean, it's so far up here. And, and so what if a few people, a dozen people, or a hundred people don't like you? You know, the Lord loves me. And when, he, when you know that, man, I mean, so many things just go away, right? So many things go away. Now, and so, so he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so they're spiritual, right? So what's the weapons of your warfare? Well, they're primarily the Word of God, right? The, the, the Word of God is the only, uh, according to Ephesians chapter 6, it's the only uh, offensive weapon that you have, right? The Word of God is called the sword of the Spirit. Uh, faith is a shield. The shield of faith is a great, uh, uh, it, it's there to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, right? So if you have faith in the Word, see, then it's a pretty good deal, Amen. Uh, so, so you can win most of the battles just by that. Just knowing the Word of God, you can know most of the battles. And so, uh, so let's go back to Philippians chapter 4 then. Uh, and so, um, back in verse 8, and so he said, finally, brethren. So after he's told us all these things, he says, finally, brethren. He says, what silver things are true? Now, this particular part of this verse was also uh, something that the Lord helped me in dealing with a lot of these things. You know, uh, when you're dealing with uh, attacks from people in the church, in the whole leadership realm of the church, right? I mean, there was nobody on my side. Uh, and even uh, one of the, some of the people that were not against me, they, uh, they were too afraid to be for me. Uh, and so uh, when you get to a place like that, that's messed up, right? The, when the, but, it, but that's the way it was, right? That's the way, it was just a big mess. Um, and so in prayer, you know, my, my, my love of the Word of God has always been uh, a great advantage to me, amen, because I love the Word, uh, and the Lord will show you things from His Word. And so in just meditating on this verse right here, he said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and, and the Lord just arrested me right there, <clears throat> because most people read that of, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are factual. That's not what it says. It says, whatsoever things are true. 
Right? So who is the way and the truth and the life? Jesus. Jesus is, right? So what is the truth? Well, facts can, can change over time, right? I mean, factual things can change, right? One day, you know, uh, you, you weigh 300 pounds. Well, you may change tomorrow and be 200 pounds, right? You may change to be 400 pounds. I don't know. It depends on how aggressive you are in that, right? Uh, well, that, so that could change over time, right? The, they're temporal things. Uh, they, they can change. Whatever the facts are can change over time. Uh, and so, but truth is, is, is unwavering. Truth never changes. Truth comes from the Word of God. And so when they say, you know, well, you did this thing, even if it was factually correct that I did it, God still loves me. See, the truth is God still loves me. You see, if you want to use something that you think I did or that I actually did against me, the truth is God still loves me. And he will forgive me if, if I actually did the thing, I can repent and the Lord will forgive me. You want to hold it against me the rest of my life and, and hold on to that fact that that, that that error occurred and you never, never want to give it up. And yet the Lord says, but the truth is, if you repent, I will forget it. <clears throat> and so the Lord, the Lord really emphasized about how important the truth is, that I love you, that the word of God is so, that, that he's for me and he's for all of us, right? He's not, he's not for me and against you because you happen to be accusing me of, of evil things. He's still for you, right? He's not for that event, obviously, but he's still for you. And so he just, uh, you know, I never could hardly even get past the truth because once I got to there, okay, well, then, then it's pretty easy because when somebody attacks me with, with lies or attacks me to, to impugn my character, uh, the, the truth of the word of God rises up. Yes, but I love you. You are my beloved. I have accepted you in the, my beloved. You are part of the inheritance of God. You have received the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven. You are on your way to heaven with me to spend all eternity with me in my presence and glory. Well, that's the truth. Amen. Uh, and so it's a great weapon, amen? The Word of God is a great weapon against, against these lies. And, and, uh, and they don't even have to be a lie. They can just be, you know, somebody who wants to uh, throw your past in your face all the time. Well, you know, you did those things. Okay. Well, is there a point to your, to your uh, statement there? Yes, I did those things, but the Lord forgave me, right? Well, you know, I'm not going to forgive you. Well, that's not my problem. That's your problem, right? That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Uh, and so, uh, what, what's the truth? What's the, the only truth is the Word of God, and it never changes, right? Absolutely never changes. Uh, and so, uh, you, you need to meditate on a Word. Think about the Word, right? Remember what Paul said, by the renewing of your mind, right? Get your mind to think like the Word thinks. See, I think like the Word thinks about me. God loves me. I, I don't think I'm the perfect pastor. I don't think I'm the best minister, the, the most outstanding teacher. I think God loves me. That's all I think, uh, and that God blesses me. Uh, and, and so, because if I, if I thought, well, I'm the most amazing pastor. Well, I have no word for that, right? So that's just, that's just carnality, right? That, that's per, pure carnality. Uh, I, I, I'm an amazing teacher. Well, that's, that's, that's just pride, right? There's no word for that. There's no Bible for that. But God loves me. That's the, the word of God, amen? Uh, God desires good things for me. Uh, and so, and, and the rest of this list here, what things are honest, honorable character, just means righteousness, uh, innocent, faultless, and guiltless. Pure means things that are sacred, pure from carnality, uh, modest. Lovely means acceptable and pleasing. Good report means well-spoken of, reputable. Virtue means intrinsic or, or attributed excellence, moral goodness, and praise uh, means a commendable thing. Uh, and so uh, basically all of these things are just things that you find in the Word of God, right? Good things, Amen. And so if you find yourself dwelling on some negative thing, you know, what somebody did or what somebody said, well, that's not in this list, right? So if you keep thinking about what somebody said or what somebody did, 
you need to attack that with the word of God, right? That's your, that's your weapon, right? Well, they did that thing. Yeah, but God, God loves them. You know, one thing in the midst of all that conflict, the Lord says, you know, I love them just as much as I love you, which was news to me because I thought there's no way you could love them because, you know, they were really terrible people about what the things they said it did. And yet the Lord said, I love them just as much as I love you. In fact, uh, what he told me when uh, years later, after we had been gone for many years from the church, and I was asking the Lord, oh, you know, why did you send me there? I was so unsuccessful uh, in helping them. Uh, and and I've, I've told this many times, but in, in the context, I think it helps. He said, I sent you there because I loved them enough that I wanted them to repent. That's what he said. I loved them enough that I wanted them to repent. Because he knows if you stay in your sin, it's not going to be good. So you need to repent. So sometimes he has to send an outside uh, person in, into your life to encourage you to repent. And he said, that was your job, to, to encourage them to repent. He said, even though they didn't, even though they never did, right, never did repent for all the, the things they did. Because I wasn't the only one. You know, I was, I was kind of a lightning rod for a lot of it, right? A lot of it just kind of focused on me because everybody else that had gone there, and the Lord said, everyone, everyone else I'd sent left. And so they'd get a little bit of pressure, a little bit of uh, persecution, and they would leave. And I'm not faulting for that because who wants to stay in that mess, right? But the, people said, well, why did you stay? Well, the reason I stayed is because the Lord told me to go there. And the way that I'm made is when the Lord tells me to do something, I don't know how to change that. I don't know how to quit doing that. Because, uh, and I did ask him several times if it's okay to leave. And, he, and, and, and I, you know, I used to say, you know, he said no, but he never, he never responded at all. Uh, and so I had to go back to what he originally said, was you go there. And so, <clears throat> so uh, my desire is to do, to do the will of God. I'm not perfect in it, but my desire is to do the will of God no matter the cost. And see, if you can get to that point, the Lord can use you, the Lord can bless you. But so many times, uh, people will start down the will of God and, and an event occurs and they bail on God. And so the Lord sent me to that church for a reason, to help them to get to the point where they would be willing to repent and get, because they were a great church and the church had so much potential. It's one of these churches, you know, it was a church of 100, 150 people. And uh, we did things that churches 10 times, 50 times our size weren't doing, just as far as the, the talent that was in that church and the ability that was in that church. Uh, it was the most amazing thing you ever saw, right? I mean, just, you'd have 20 people on the praise worship team for, for you know, 100, 150 people. And you'd have five or six horn players. Well, we'd go to church of 5,000 people that have one horn player, right? Two horn players. We had five or six horn players, you know, and, and uh, people play all kinds of instruments. And I mean, just that, we had, what, four or five music degree people on the, church, on the praise worship team with music degrees. Uh, and it could have been a spectacular, could have impacted the whole world, I believe, right? Uh, and yet, because uh, it, the, the root of it was some spiritual pride, there are some other roots of it, too, that, that, that uh, not necessarily going to right now. But we got into a lot of spiritual pride that, that well, you know, nobody is like us. Nobody's nearly as good as us. We're so amazing. We're so awesome church. And, and um, you know, the Lord, that's very displeasing to the Lord, right? When you start accepting glory unto yourself, you want to find a, a quick way to, to end things on the earth, you start accepting glory unto yourself, right? Uh, and so... So the Lord, that, that was, I, now, the Lord didn't tell me that was my assignment when I went. He didn't tell me that was my assignment until after I, I was gone, right? Which, thanks, Lord, I appreciate it. He said, because he said, go there because there's things that you need to learn from the pastor. That's what he said, go there because it's the, he didn't tell me there were only good things, which, you know, I'm still, it's, it's you know, my pastor's been gone now for, uh, what, uh, 2007, 10, 15, 15 years now, 16 years, 
and um, I'm, I'm almost over it now, right? That, uh, I'm being a little facetious about it. I'm not really upset at the Lord, but he didn't tell me they were only good things. You know, uh, he just said, because I learned a lot of good things, but I learned a lot of things don't do these things, right? They're not, they're not scriptural. They're not, uh, uh, they're not a blessing to the Lord. Uh, and so, so are, you know, are you willing to do the will of God regardless of the cost, right? So that's faithfulness. But the only way you're ever going get to the, get to do that is if you will follow verse 8 when those thoughts of you need to quit, you need to stop doing this, you know, uh, you don't deserve this. The word of God will rise up and, and will say, what's that got to do with my will? You follow my will. And, and you remember what, what Jesus said twice in the book of Hebrews. I came to do thy will, O God. You know, Jesus didn't come to, to the earth to go to the cross. He didn't come to the earth to die, to shed blood. He didn't come to the earth to, to wipe away the sins of humanity. He came to do the will of the Father, which resulted in all of those things. But whatever the Lord said to do, whatever the Father wanted him to do, that's what he came to do. That was it. It was just a blank slate. Lord, whatever you want me to do. If you want me to, to do this, go there, go there, then I'm fine, right? And, and see, if the church could get to that point, we would be a lot more stable, Amen. But so many of the church, you know, uh, they go to a church and, and they want to interview the pastor. You know, what, what have you got from me? <laughs> I got nothing for you, right? I mean, you're either here by the will of God or you're not here by the will of God. Uh, and uh, I would encourage you, if you're here by the will of God, then be here by the will of God. Amen. And, and, if, and if you're not here by the will of God, you know, I'm just hiding out, right? <laughs> well, you know, um, then that's between you and the Lord. Amen. Uh, so, so these things can help stabilize your life. Amen. Uh, going back to chapter 12 of Romans, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, those, those verses there will help you to transform your life. He said, you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you allow, the, and, and it's always by the word of God. The root of it is always by the word of God. And it's not even by the spirit of God, it's by the word of God. Because the spirit of God will tell you what the word of God says. He will remind you what the word of God says. But he's not going to give you some special revelation that, that goes against, because he didn't say the weapons of our warfare are spiritual revelation. He said the weapons of our warfare is the word of God, shield of faith, right? Helmet of salvation. So it always goes back to the word of God uh, in, in all of those things. And so, uh, so know the word of God, amen? It's your great, it's your great um, uh, sword, amen? Uh, and then it will cause you to have so much more peace in your life. Uh, you won't be fighting everything. You won't be warring with your mind. You won't be uh, up one day, down the next. You know, you'll be a lot more stable in your life. It doesn't mean that things don't happen. And, you know, you know, we're not trying to say that uh, you never have things to deal with, but you always have things to deal with. But if you'll get into the Word of God and allow those things to, uh, to rise up to whatsoever things are true, whatsoever thing is just, honest, pure, lovely, of good deport, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So that tells you, first of all, you can. That tells you you have the ability to not think about other things. Well, woe is me. What about this? You know, what about that? Those, t- those times and seasons will come. They will war against your soul. And if, and if you'll be faithful to the word, it will rise up on your behalf and say, yes, but I love you. Yes, but I have your back. Yes, but uh, I have blessed you from before the foundation of the world. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you can get there. I encourage you to, if you're not there, you know, work on those things, right? If, you, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if your mind is kind of flaky or doesn't seem to be very stable, then go back to these verses that we've talked about and get to uh, the church ought to have the most stable-minded people in the whole world, amen? Uh, and, uh, and we have the ability and the right and the privilege to do that, amen? 
Uh, and so, but, I, but I, in my observation, uh, the, the biggest failing I see in the church as a whole, not just not this church, but the church as a whole, is the quality of people's minds. Right? What do they think? Because what you say came from what you think first. Amen? There's never been a, a word that came out of your mouth. You know, I said that without thinking. That actually never happens, right? You thought that first, uh, and, and uh, you said that without uh, stopping yourself is what, you, what happened, right? Uh, and so, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen? Uh, is uh, all hearts and minds clear? We're all good. Amen? Let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that we can live a life that's free from the warfare of our minds. Father, we can win every battle. We can win every war, Father, that comes against our mind because we have the word of God. We have the sword of the spirit. Uh, and, Father, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds of our thought life. And so we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for our Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. You know, um, I, I believe that that message there it would be such a valuable message to the, to the whole body of Christ, that if they can get that settled in their hearts, they could be so much happier in life. Amen. So many Christians, it, it bothers me to see Christians who are just not happy. Right? Just, uh, how can you not be happy? You're on your way to heaven, right? I know things happen. I understand that. But uh, have, have you ever overcome anything? You know, a lot, of the, a lot of the way the church deals with things is they just let it fade, right? They don't ever deal with it. Any, you just time and distance, they think, takes care of it. But, you know, if you've forgotten about it for six months, if I come back and remind you of it, it's all real to you. So you've never really got the victory over it, amen? Uh, if you come up and remind me of something that happened to me when I was uh, at that church with those crazy things, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It wouldn't be any more real to me than, than uh, uh, it was when I got over it decades ago, right? It's not been quite decades ago. Uh, it'll be, well, it, it started more than 20 years ago uh, and lasted for about five years or six years or so. Uh, it lasted, uh, in all, it lasted about six years, close to seven years, right? So that was my seven years of tribulation uh, on the earth, right? Even though we don't go through tribulation. But the, the sad part is I could have got over it a lot sooner if I had, if I had uh, been more diligent, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just hope things go away and, and, um, and you don't have to deal with it, right? If things go away on their own, you don't really have to deal with it. But sometimes you've got to deal with it before they ever go away. And uh, that's really, if you can get to that point, you deal with things before they go away, that's a great victory right there, amen? Uh, and so let's get ready to receive the season offering. And so um, nothing this weekend, but uh, next weekend, we've got a busy weekend there. So uh, Friday, Ladies Fellowship, early sneak peek at the yard sale stuff. That same uh, Friday night, Saturday is a free yard sale and decorating the church, and Sunday is the church meal there. So come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering, and um, <clears throat> praise God. The Lord is good. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, growing up, uh, <clears throat> you know, there was a, uh, I don't know if, it, I say I was normal, I mean, I don't know if I was normal or not, but, you know, I had a lot of anger, a lot of brawling attitudes growing up, you know, because uh, just the youngest of 11 is kind of fight for survival a lot of times, right? Uh, and um, brought that a lot into the church when I got saved. Uh, and, um, you know, just, I, I say, there weren't really emotional problems, which kind of, I just think they were just kind of normal things that you deal with that you, that you just don't deal with, right? And uh, learning how to deal with these things in your thought life as a child of God has been such a blessing to my life, Amen. I'm so thankful to the Lord that he taught me these things over the years. Uh, and so I believe I could have learned them earlier, 
but I think I'm thankful that I learned about all. Amen. And so praise God. Well, be blessed. Uh, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you all on Sunday.